Good morning, Christ Church. Thanks so much for being with us. I'm going to say a prayer to get us started. Dear Father, we love you. We trust you. We are so incredibly thankful for what a good and faithful God that you are. I pray that as we study your good word and your good ideas, that you would be at work encouraging us, strengthening us, inspiring us to be the men and women you've created us to be. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Book of Psalms is this beautiful collection of poetry and songs and praise and laments and prayers. And when we read through the Psalms, we get help thinking about God and how good and faithful he is. We get help thinking about God and how we can connect to him and relate to him and all of the different seasons of our lives. We have imagery of who God is and what he's done. So today I want to share one of these images that we find in the book of Psalms that's been uh, meaningful to me. It comes from Psalm 107. And the psalm opens up with the idea of give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And then it walks through this image of God who redeems and gathers his people. And it goes through these examples of when we wander off, he rescues us. When we get lost in the dark, he's there to save us. When we think we can do it on our own, he's still got us. And then towards the end, we get this image of um, ships going out to sea. And as the winds rise and the waves crash, the ship is tossed around, God showing up to help. This is what it says in Psalm 107, starting at verse 28. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper, and he stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Now, I want us to hang on to this imagery because so often life can feel like a storm, right? Like we're cruising along just fine and then the winds blow, our boat gets tossed around and the waves are crashing one right after the other. And here we feel like we're just trying to keep our head above water so we can finally catch our breath. But this image that the psalmist gives us reminds us God is able to calm the storm to a whisper. He's able to still the waves and bring us safely into harbor. And he's a God who loves us enough that when he hears us crying out, he wants to help. He's moved to help. Now, if you've ever been out on the water before or stood at a lake or stood at the ocean, it's beautiful, but it can also be a terrifying place. If you've ever been caught in a storm before, you know how not in control you are. And in life, there's so many moments that are just beautiful. They're just treasured, beautiful moments. But if you've lived any amount of life, also we know what a roller coaster of a journey it can be. There's good and there's bad. There's beauty and violence. There's joy and sorrow. And there's so much that we know how much we are not in control of. But just as God is able to guide the boat safely to harbor, he can guide us in our life. He is in control. He is good. He is faithful. And we can trust in him. He, in fact, is more powerful than any storm we face. I love how um, our friend Timothy Keller says this. He says, if God is Lord of the storm, then no matter what shape the world is in or your life is in, you will find that Jesus provides all the healing, all the rest, all the power you could possibly want. See, it's not the strength of our faith that saves us. It's the strength of who we put our faith in. 
And when our faith is in Jesus Christ, we know without fear, without doubt, that there is one who can guide us safely into harbor. He has a plan for a life, a beginning and an end, a destination. And when we get there on that day, it will feel as if it has all been a blessing. Now this is an incredible image of God that we can hold on to. These are thoughts about God that can help us and guide us and give us the courage we need to do life. What's courage? Remember, it's just the daily management of fear. It's not the absence of fear. It's not an easy, problem-free existence, but a way to manage the day-to-day -day living that creates fear, that creates in us the inability to move forward because we're afraid of what's going to happen next. And when we have this image of God in our life, it gives us the courage that we need for this day, for this moment, and for this time. It gives us first the courage to gain control of our lives. This idea of self-control is the ability to manage our lives, the ability to pursue the most important over the most urgent, rather than to always feel impulsive or uncontrolled or frenzied in our life. Self-control is the uh, strength to master our thoughts and our behaviors and to use our awareness of our emotions to be flexible and direct our behavior in positive ways. Self-control allows us to keep our disruptive emotions and impulses in check, right? We all have emotions. Sometimes they're disruptive. Self-control allows us to manage our life in the kind of way that we can grow the skills we need to master ourselves, our emotions, and our uh, impulsive behaviors. It's not a matter of willpower, right? Willpower is, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do that until where my willpower depletes. Instead, self-control is healthy options in our life to manage the temptations and the struggles that we face. Um, I love how Ryan Holiday talks about it. It's the idea of self-discipline, the virtue of temperance, and it's the ability to keep yourself in line. He says it's the ability to work hard and say no and practice good habits and set boundaries. It's uh, the ability to train and prepare and ignore temptations and provocations. It's the ability to keep your emotions in check and to endure painful difficulties. He says self-discipline is giving everything you have and knowing what to hold back. He said some things we resist, some things we pursue, but in all things we proceed with moderation intentionally, reasonably, without being consumed or carried away. This idea of temperance is not deprivation, but command of ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. It's demanding the best of ourselves, even when people aren't looking, even when we're allowed to do less. It says it takes courage to live this way, not just because it's hard, but because it sets you apart. See, thinking about God, and he is the one in control, guiding us safely to harbor. It gives me the courage to maintain control of my life and who I am and what I do. The question is, do you have the courage to gain control of yourself, to gain control of your life, to say, I refuse to be mastered by anything? Because the more we gain control of our own selves, the more we are able to become the people who can do the right thing at the right time the more we are aware of what the right thing is to do next. But knowing God in this also uh, way also gives us the courage to say yes. In my whole life, I've never once regretted saying yes to God. 
I've been scared to say yes. I've been nervous of where saying yes would lead me. I've been afraid that I didn't have enough or wasn't smart enough, but never once since the first time God called me as a young girl to follow him have I regretted that decision. Not as a young girl, not as a teenager, not as an adult, not in my family and not in his church. Every time I've said yes to God, he's brought me new places, new friends, new community. My faith has grown. I've learned. I've been changed and challenged and stretched. I've seen God show up in incredible ways. I've known loss and I've known incredible triumph, but never once have I known regret when I said yes to the call that God has put in my life. Uh, one of the first sermons I preached here years and years and years ago at Old Brooklyn was when Jesus fed the 5,000. And what's most astonishing to me in this moment is how Jesus included his disciples in caring for people. When they were ready to send all of these people home because the problem was so big, Christ sees this incredible opportunity and says, you guys give them something to eat. And of course their jaws drop on the floor. They're like, are you like serious? Like if I had all the paychecks I've ever earned, I could never feed this many people. And so they look around to see what they have and they find one young boy who brought a lunch with them. And so they take this little bit of bread and this little bit of fish and think this could never be enough to feed all of these thousands of people. But Christ takes the small lunch and makes it more than enough. He feeds his people. He cares for their needs. He does more than we know how to ask or imagine. See, someone said yes and gave up their lunch, but God did an incredible thing. Many of us get stuck in life because we think what I have is never going to be enough. God couldn't really do anything through somebody like me, or I'm not smart enough, or good enough, or have a good enough past, or uh, you know, I don't know enough about this or that. Please remember, this idea is so powerful. And when we remember who God is, we serve a mighty God. And your lunch might be small, but God can use it to feed his people. God can take our little bit that never seems like enough and he can feed thousands. Where can you say yes to God? Where does knowing God and who he is give you the courage to try something new? Where does generosity stir in your heart that might be the place for God to show up and care for his people? What fear or insecurity in your life have you let go unchecked that you need to push back with the courage of God and see what he might do? Trust him with it. Trust him with those nerves and those fears and what stresses you out and hold on to this image of God guiding us through this life, even in the rocky waters. Right? Where will he lead you? I never, ever imagined that God would lead me to be this leader or teacher or pastor, but look at what he's done. It's been one of the greatest privileges of my life to be on this team here at Christ Church. We're here where we are today in this moment because of all of the men and women who came before us and said yes to Jesus Christ. Where we go next is going to be determined by who says yes today. Where we go in the future, what God is going to do next, who says yes is what God's going to do in us and through us. We have an incredible team in Old Brooklyn. We have incredible leaders who have hearts to say yes to Jesus Christ, to follow where he leads them to go. Will you go? 
Will you say yes to where Christ is leading to be part of this team and this community that has the courage to say yes to going into the future with Jesus Christ? Knowing God gives us the courage to keep going. Because here's the thing about storms in life. They keep coming. <laughs> you might get through one storm and another storm comes. And the only way out is through. When the waves are high and the storm is strong, when you don't know how much you have left, where do you get the courage to not quit? Where do you get the courage to keep going and get back up one more day? See, if Christ is really Lord of the storms, then he won't let us down. He has a harbor that he's leading us to, and we can trust in him. Can I remind you of these incredible words from Isaiah? He says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. See, Jesus Christ isn't just Lord over the storms. He's passed through the greatest storms on our behalf. He's been through the deep waters. He's gone through the rivers of difficulty and the fires of oppression, and he overcame them all. So that on the days we face our challenges, our struggles, our storms, we know there is one who has gone before us. He's paved the way. He's done the hardest work that needed to be done. And when in life I grow weary, when I feel ready to throw in the towel and quit and give up, when it all feels like it's just too much, I need only remember Jesus Christ. He who was victorious over death, who would not quit, who endured it to the end, he is on our side. We have one we can turn to who will not be defeated, who doesn't get tired that we can lean on and depend on. We have with us one who is encouraging us, building in us a kingdom that will not be shaken. I love Charles Spurgeon said, if you never go anywhere but where Christ leads the way, you need not be afraid of storms, for they will beat upon him more than upon you. Don't quit. Don't give up, not yet, not before you get to see what God is going to do next, not before God is finished writing your story. I don't know where you are today, but one more time, get back up, have the courage to follow where Christ is leading. One more time, turn to Jesus Christ and let him fill your heart. Let him renew your strength, your energy, and remind you of the hope that we have in him to keep on going. When we think about who God is and what he's done, we find the courage we need to make the very most of our time. See, so often in life, we can get stuck in the moments of, I don't want to be here. <laughs> have you ever been there before? I don't want things to be like this. I didn't choose this. I don't want this. It's not what I want it to be. And it's easy to lose time there. It's easy to lose our courage in that place. I came across this really cool idea from an author named Robert Greene, and it's called a live time or dead time. He says there's two types of time. Dead time is the time where you're passive and you're waiting and you're letting things kind of just happen to you and around you. But in contrast is a lifetime. 
this is where you're active and learning and making things happen and you are in control of you. See, life is always giving us the opportunity to choose how will I use my time right now, even in the situations that I can't control, even in moments of failure, even in places that we didn't choose, how will we use our time? See, we get to choose our attitude. We get to choose how we use our energy. We get to choose our focus. Will I get lost in the problem or will I use it as an opportunity to learn and to grow? Will I be angry or will I be motivated to try something new? Will I be passive or will I be active? Am I waiting or learning? Am I watching life happen or am I part of shaping the life that I am living today? See, the situation might be bad, but my attitude doesn't have to make it worse. See, right now, right here, this is our life. This moment, we never get it back. We don't get the chance to do it over or live it again. What we do with it right now depends on us. What will we learn? Where will we grow? How will we change? See, it's not somebody else's fault and it's not somebody else's job. It's mine. My time, my attitude, my energy, my focus, this day, this moment, it's a gift. How will I use it? See, just because it's hard doesn't mean you're failing. Just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it isn't worth it. Just because it costs you something doesn't mean that it isn't the right fight that needs to be fought. The question is, will you have the courage to make the most of your time? Not someday, but today, right where you are. Not when things change or when things finally come together the way that you really want them to. Not when the problems go away. Not when other people finally change, right? When those people finally do what we want them to do. But right here and right now, right in this moment where your life is happening, Will you have the courage to live actively, on purpose, to choose what you will do next? I love how this chapter of Psalm 107 ends. It ends with verse 43 that says, Those who are wise will take this all to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. The greatest hope that we can have is that others will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. That as we follow Christ, as he guides us through these days, that as we know him more and more, we can trust him more and more, and he will give us the courage that we need for this life and for this time. Can I remind you that we have a history of trusting God to do hard things. We are here right where we are right now because God has proven himself faithful. We have a history of the loving faithfulness of God. We've lived in his goodness and in his love. And every time we've experienced it, we've always walked away saying, this is a blessing. If God could do this, imagine what he might do next. It's never too late to say yes to God. It's never too late to give your life fully to Jesus Christ to let him guide you through this life, to let him bring you safely into, uh, into the harbor he's got planned for you. 
Let it be said of Christ Church, of Old Brooklyn, of you, of me, that in us, others can see the faithful love of the Lord. Do you have the courage to step into this life, this moment, this time? Because I promise there is a God who is for you. He is guiding you and you can trust in him. May we all know how it feels to cross these shores into the safe harbor and hear our God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Dear Father, I pray that you would help us. I know how rocky the storms of life can be. I pray that you would give us the courage to follow you. I pray that we would have the courage to gain control of our lives, that we would say yes to you and who you're calling us to be. I pray that we would have the courage to get back up every time we fall, every time we stumble. And I pray, Father, that you would give us the courage to make the most of this time and this moment in this life. I pray that your grace and your favor would abound in our lives, in our church, in our families, and that we would see the faithful love of Jesus Christ at work again and again. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.